Welcome to Faith Fitness and Self-Discovery. I'm your host, Precious Williams. If this is your first time clicking this podcast, it's not by accident, but by divine purpose. I believe in the psychology of losing weight because sometimes the weight we really need to lose isn't on our body. So I'm so glad that you're here and welcome to the journey. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome. Listen, I have so many new listeners, so I wanted to take an opportunity just to tell you that I'm so glad that you're here in this space. As I always say, it's not by accident, but by divine purpose. And I want to take a second just to tell you about this space and why it was created. One, here, we don't just talk about the weight that shows up on the scale. We deal with all of the weight. We talk about the emotional and the mental weight as well. So each week, my intention is just to help women learn different concepts, practices, to talk about our faith and how we can use some of our our scripture and the word of God to help us get through some of the modern day times that we're experiencing and some of the stress that we all endure, right? Because I truly believe that that stress takes a toll on us and what we think, what we have going on upstairs in our psyche, that really begins to reflect outside. And so our collective goal here is just to become the healthiest version of ourselves. And we do this by developing a healthier mindset. So you can expect to just feel empowered each week, every episode, um, because we'll be talking about different topics. But if you want to stay connected with us, I do strongly encourage you to find us on Facebook and join our Faith Fitness and Self-Discovery Facebook community group. You will not be disappointed. You can head right over there after this episode and meet all of the other women who are learning and gaining additional information just like you. And to all of my list, listeners that have been here and committed. Thank you so much for being with me. It is only because of you that we've grown together this far. We are at 14,000 downloads. Of course, you guys will have to go back to some of the beginning episodes if you have not been here to know that this was strictly out of divine obedience that I began this podcast to speak to an area of our lives that I think is truly, truly so important, which is our health, which is something that I feel like God cares about tremendously. And as I started to take the journey, allowing my convictions to lead me to a healthier dietary lifestyle, it just started to flourish into so many other things, including the 1200 members that are in our Facebook community group. And I truly appreciate how much you guys pour into that group. And again, as I said, I'm going to keep saying it probably each week. This is the year of exponential growth. God spoke that to me. So I want to encourage you sisters, don't sit back in this season. And also don't look at what other people are doing and be a spectator. Maybe God hasn't put a podcast in you or he, you know, hasn't told you to write a book or or to do something else. But God may say, girl, post that recipe. Tell somebody how to cut up onions and not and their eyes not water. Our community is in such dire need of information and of help because we are finally dealing with a generation of of people who don't have big mama, who don't have with the wisdom. Let me say that because a lot of us probably aren't familiar with big mama, but who don't have 
the wisdom that we once had to depend on. And so a lot of us are looking for it. We're piecemealing it together, which is fine. But with this being the year of exponential growth, don't just sit back and sit on something. Now, let me go on record and say this, because some of us have this spirit about us too. Add to a community, but don't add divisive to a community, right? So if you're not a person that's going to participate in a way that's going to add value instead of questioning questioning what's trying to be done when nothing was being done in that area, then don't add, right? So an example of that would be if I'm encouraging people to drink water, which most of us know we're chronically dehydrated. I don't typically need a person coming and saying, well, Water, if you get the alkaline, it has this in it, it has that in Because we don't need that level of confusion. That level of confusion is what I feel like has kept us stuck for so long. If I come in and I say to eat green uh, and a person chooses spinach, don't really come in there and tell them, well, you know, you should really choose kale. It's all in the intention and the attitude and, and how you do it. Don't create the divisiveness. Uh, I've heard a saying that you have to catch a fish before you can scale the fish. We are in like catching the fish stage. Like, can people start drinking water first before they believe that they are like Dr. CB? So let's start with the basics. Like that, that's the whole general principle of why faith, fitness, and self-discovery was created uh, because a lot of us just have a hole. There's a gap there in that information. And God says, my people shall perish for a lack of knowledge. And because God has blessed me uh, to not only go to school, but to actually have a practical experience with my own weight loss journey, not just the weight loss journey, but the conversion through my spiritual convictions to change my diet, I feel like I am qualified to speak to this. As a matter of fact, I don't know too many people who can talk about their spiritual convictions to convert their diet. Uh, like my pastor preached about yesterday, most people convert their diet because they're sick. They convert their diet because they're facing death. They convert their diet because the doctor says to convert their diet or they divert or they, um, you know, will convert their diet because something just so obvious is happening to them that they just can't keep trailing in that direction. And so having a spiritual conviction for those of you who are trying to grow in your faith, like that's a different type of journey. And that's the journey that this podcast was built upon, the whole precept that we have to be renewed through our minds first, right? It's an inside out journey. So today, I want to talk about being the CEO of your life. A few years ago, I was giving a, given a book by a friend of mine, and it's called God is My CEO by Larry Gillian. Um, now, I didn't read the book. I kind of skimmed the book. And maybe you're like me. It's for some reason, some books I get in a particular season, if they don't immediately captivate me or if I'm not in tune with what's in that book in that season, it's very difficult for me to read it. So this particular book was one. But I always kept it around. One, because my friend has come a really long way. I knew him in college and God has really blessed 
and elevated him to be a boss uh, in many different regards. Uh, he is a boss in how he takes care of his family and loves his wife and children. Uh, he is a boss in how he now runs several organizations and franchises. I'm so, so proud of him. This book has always stayed around because people sow into you as they grow and it grows you. Again, going back to that word of exponential growth. And although my mindset wasn't there, I appreciated that he sold that into me. He could have sold a cash app. He could have sold a host of, of, of a number of other things. But that book was something that obviously transformed his life and he wanted to share it with me. Now, Again, I didn't get around to, to reading uh, the book in its entirety, and I'm keeping that book around because I do believe that God is going to give me the maturity um, to consume, to be able to consume that book. And so I keep it around. Our Bible, though, is our employee handbook, right? When you think about God is my CEO without reading that book, I knew that I could go to a book and figure out what did the boss have to say about how we run our lives, right? And so for those of you, which I'm sure it's not a lot, who may not be familiar with what a CEO is, it's a chief executive officer. It's the highest ranking person in a company um, or institution. And they are ultimately responsible for making all of the managerial decisions. And everyone is aware of that. And so I wanted to create for us, just for the sake of this episode, a new definition of CEO. Um, in your mind, body, and life... You are the highest ranking human authority, but God is our CEO. That's the definition. That's the new definition uh, that I wanted to adopt for the sake of this podcast. In your mind, body, and life, you are the highest ranking human authority, but God is our CEO. So if you haven't been following the podcast for the past few weeks since we started 2022, we've been talking about exponential growth. Part of growing is taking notes, not just hearing the word, but write it, write it, make it plain, right? I don't know why that just, that's there, but it came to me totally different. Sometimes when I hear something, I think about it one way, but when I write it, it's clear. It becomes more legible to me. I'm more, I feel more competent and uh, like I can understand what it is that's there. So don't be so quick to disregard writing down the things that, that you're hearing in this season, whether it's a sermon that you're hearing, it's a podcast that you're hearing, a quote you're hearing. It could be an ad on the radio as you're driving. Give God an opportunity to speak to you in whatever way God wants to speak to you. So I want you to remember that definition for the sake of this podcast. Now, what is our problem? Our problem is that we are spending too much of our time trying to rule ourselves, run our own lives, and figure out our problems alone. And this has come from this boss mindset and culture of the world. The boss mindset and culture of the world causes us to spend too much time trying to rule ourselves, run our lives, and figure out all of our problems alone. And this is never going to work because God is our CEO. So incredible change happens in our lives when we decide to take the power away from ourselves, to take the control away from us, we we don't even crave it anymore. We know that God is in control of our lives. We know that ultimately 
the the top decision, the managerial decision is left to God, right? So we, we may be supervising some things and we may be overseeing some things, but that top decision is God's decision. And God is evaluating us because God has given us what we need in order to, to work effectively. So I just want to talk about two particular areas that I think are most pressing. I want you to take this CEO of your life principle as far as your spirit will allow you to take it. When you listen to things, you listen to things introspectively. My husband had to teach me this as he when he went to school for theology. This is one of the things they learn when, um, you know, learning about text or the Bible or scripture, whatever, that you listen to things introspectively. So I may not specifically say what area of your life you may need to deal with, but you should be able to take the concept, the principle of what it is that's being talked about or discussed and apply it to your life, right? So in the season of exponential growth, don't be so quick to say, oh, I'm not married, so this doesn't apply to me. Oh, I'm not trying to lose weight, so this doesn't apply to me. Somebody really needs to hear that because as we mature in our spirit, everything that we hear, we should be able to take something from it. We can learn from a fool. We can learn from a wise one. When you start to adopt that mindset and that principle, now I'm not talking about wasting time and going to look up a video about how you color inside the lines. I'm talking about things that we are consuming, things that we are investing in, even our pastor. There are some people that come to church and will say, oh, pastor missed it this Sunday. No, your pastor never misses it. As long as he's preaching that unadulterated word of God, now your your fancy may not have been tickled. You may not have been able to run around in your red bottoms that Sunday, but he's never missed it as long as he's preaching that word of God. As long as wisdom is being spoken and taught to you, there's never opportunity for you to have a deaf ear. Too many of us are having a deaf ear to information that should be growing us and helping us because we're looking for entertainment. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and move on because that's not in my outline. But if that's for you, let it be. All right, sis. All right. All right. All right. So the first the first one we're going to talk about is relationships. The first the first topic we're going to talk about is relationships. You are the CEO of relationships. What relationship? I'm not married. I'm not dating. What relationships? Well, relationships. You're a woman of God. You're a wife. You're a mom, daughter, friend, caretaker, nurse, counselor, teacher, accountant, bum. You are something. You are relating to someone in some regard in this earth. I don't care how much you stay to yourself, mind your business, and drink your water. You are relating to people, whether you realize it or not, right? So no matter what role you have or the relationships that you carry, you have a responsibility, you have a responsibility to those relationships. So one of the first areas of our lives that we're a boss is in our relationships. How do how do we how are we a boss in the in the in the area of our relationship? Well, God has continuously been revealing to me that the word is the employee handbook. It's the employee handbook. We're here to do the work of our creator. The word is the employee handbook. So I went to our employee handbook. How do we be a boss in this area, in the area of our relationships? Well, as a Christian, one of the most important things in your life should be your relationships. <laughs> Write that down because that sounds so simple, but it's not. 
one of the most important things in your life should be your relationships. And I have Bible for that. It says that we should love God first and foremost, but in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, it says we are told that our second most important responsibility is to do what? Love other people. Our second most important responsibility is to do what? Love other people. So what does that mean? It means that our relationships should be ultra important to us. Ultra important to us. How we relate to other people and not just the people that we love either. Go go read. Not just, it don't take much to love people who love you. It doesn't take much to like somebody who likes you. It doesn't take much to grin in the boss's face and smile when you just got the promotion. This is not what we're talking about. We're talking about how you relate to other people and not how you think you're relating to other people. How would those people think that you are relating to them, right? So number two, how you treat others is a reflection of your relationship with God. Okay, so this is a big one. This, this causes us to think a little bit. How we treat others is a reflection of our relationship with God. Now, this is a very, very, very mature standpoint. And I pray that we all make it to this point right here. Well, we realize that how we treat somebody is a reflection of God. It's not a reflection of our, our right to treat them that way because they betrayed us. Our right to treat them that way because they hurt us, victimized us. I mean, listen, we can have some justifiable earthly reasons why we should feel a certain way or why we should feel that someone should be treated a certain way. That Okay, we could go back and forth about that for hours and hours. But the reality is how you treat others is a reflection of your relationship with God. Now, here's the problem. Many of us have an undeveloped relationship with God. And this means that we don't know how to properly carry out the two most important commands. The two most important commands. Again, many of us have an underdeveloped relationship with God. And this means that we don't know how to properly carry out the two most important commands, which is what? Loving ourselves, loving others. We don't know how to properly do that. But we can't learn how to do that appropriately if we don't go to the handbook, right? And I keep saying handbook because a lot of us in this day and age, because of capitalism, we're great workers. Like we're phenomenal workers. We are. If I was to ask your boss about you, you would be a totally different person than if I was to ask your spouse about you. Or if I was to ask your mom about you. Or if I was to ask somebody that depended on you about you. Okay? Now, here's the thing. An underdeveloped relationship with God means that we don't know how to properly carry out how to love ourselves. We don't know how to properly carry out how to love ourselves, how to treat ourselves, how to talk to ourselves, how to care for ourselves, how to moderate ourselves, how to discipline ourselves. And if we are improperly doing that, then that means that we're dysfunctional at doing the second thing, which is loving others the way we love ourselves. So we're already deficit in loving ourselves, which is a reflection of how much we love, we love God 
and what our intimate relationship is with God, there's a disconnect there. And then there's an additional disconnect in how we treat people. Okay, so how you treat others is a reflection of your relationship with God. And number three, accept that things won't change about people and respond accordingly. Okay, so the three things about relationships really quickly again, as Christians, one of the most important things in relationships is that you should love other people. Number two, how you treat others is a reflection of your relationship with God. And last but not least for this section of relationships, accept things that won't change about people and respond accordingly. So if you haven't clicked off after that second step, if that didn't make you mad and you're still hanging around, I really appreciate how much you've grown in your spirit. Because here's the third part, because I hear you saying, Precious, uh-uh, no, because uh-uh, I hear you, but how I treat people sometimes is a reflection of how they need to be treated. I hear you, and God know that. God know it's some people. He know what he created, and he knows what happens when people are wicked, when people get out here, when they out of line. Everybody not where you are. Some people are out of line and under out of step with God. And as you mature in your faith, you should learn that. And you start to go out in the world with compassion and a little bit of pity instead of going out there trying to meet people's energy, right? And so accept things that won't change about people and respond accordingly. How do I do that? Well, one, you have to understand that you only have control over yourself. And if we can be honest a lot of us aren't doing well with that. We only have control over our thoughts, over our actions, over our behaviors, over our outcomes, over our desires. Those are only things we have control over. And then we have to understand boundaries. Now, this word as a counselor, like as a real counselor, not somebody to just say they're a counselor, like as a counselor, I'm so glad that words like trigger, boundaries, self-care, I'm so glad that these words have have uh, ex- have reached to our community, even people who have never made it to a, a therapist's office or counseling setting in any regard now know these terms. I'm so glad that we know these terms, but it's dangerous that we know these terms without the spec without the skills to go with them because we have Christians that are out here using boundaries like the world. And that's very that's very, very dangerous because God created boundaries. I know you thought your therapist did, but God created boundaries and boundaries don't require you to act outside of the conduct aligned in God's word for you. As a matter of fact, God will tell you how to handle anything. You want to know how to handle your kids? Go to the Bible. You might not like what he says. You may not be able to emotionally cut them off the way the Bible tells you to cut them off because they have dishonored you because you want to do your own thing because the world tells you that you're supposed to love your kids, fight for your kids, never give up with your kids, no matter what. This is what the world tells you. But what does your employee handbook tell you? How does your employee handbook tell you to handle that conflict that you have with that coworker, that conflict that you have with that person who's on that ministry board with you, that thing that was said to you that somebody offended you with? How does your Bible tell you to handle that? Your Bible doesn't say block them on Facebook. Your Bible doesn't say these things, right? But we jump to these things 
place emotionally without having the proper conduct, right? So now I want to move on to health, which is the second thing. Y'all know I want to talk about health because this is faith, what? Fitness and self-discovery. So part of being a CEO is having your health in check. Wait a minute. Before we do anything else, we have to have our health in check. How do we have our health in check? Well, one, we got to go to our handbook. We said that we were Christians. We adopted this faith. It's a lot of ideologies, faiths, different things that we can adopt and subscribe to. But we said that we were Christian, right? So according to our dietary guidelines, which could be found in Leviticus 11, if you wish to adopt a Christian diet, I want to put that in parentheses, right? Because if you wish to adopt a Christian diet, there are so many different components to this walk. And this is why I said it's faith, fitness, and self-discovery. We're all on different stages of the journey because God convicts and deals with all of us differently, right? So I know a lot of people, when I start talking Leviticus 11, they start squirming and they cease. They start getting very intellectual about their Bible and they talk about it's the old covenant. Jesus came. Everything is clean. That refers to food, y'all. That refers to food. Jesus didn't come so you can put a well in your mouth. Jesus came. Does that mean you can kill somebody? Like at some point, we got to come out (laughs) of the world and decide that we're going to follow this handbook. Like this is the things that's going to work and we we, we aren't going to question it. And we're going to use some some intellectual uh, uh, faculties. When we're reading the word, when we think about the context of the word, Jesus came so that you can eat things that are high in cholesterol, that he identified that you shouldn't eat long, 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 long time ago before they start putting the old base seasoning and lemon pepper on it. He said, don't touch this. It's unclean. But Jesus came and we mix everything up. And because we want to do what we want to do. We, we want to believe these things. And listen, Romans 14, if you believe in your heart that it's right, go forth. That's not what we're here. That's not what we're here to do. But don't hinder anyone else, because as you can see, we have a crisis happening. Health is an epidemic. In the black community, it's a pandemic. We have a crisis going on. So now is not the time for you to be telling people they can pray over the pork chops. It's just not. It's time out for that. So here we go. As Christians, what should we do? I'm talking to people who are interested in adopting a Christian diet. If this is not you, listen. Because sometimes growth comes by listening. Conviction comes by let conviction happen. Don't take offense. That's a choice. Allow conviction to happen. Conviction is holy. You're here for a holy reason. You're here because you want to grow in your faith, fitness, and self-discovery. You saw what the topic said. As Christians, we take pride in our bodies for several reasons. Let me give you one. So that the Holy Spirit may rest, rule, and abide in us. Now, this doesn't mean just means that, um, you know, we keep our thick thighs toned so we can save lives or we keep our stomachs flat so we can wear crop tops or we keep our boobs perky. So 40 can be the new 20. That's not what that means. This means that we respect our mind, our heart and our souls and our bodies. Okay, 
What do we do? Number one, so that the Holy Spirit may rest, rule, and abide in us. What does this look like? It means respecting our mind, our hearts, our souls, and our bodies. It is very evident those who lack dietary and exercise discipline. But God doesn't just look upon our outward stature. So if you're a person that you're great in that area, you're always in the gym, you're always working out, boom, boom, you look fantastic. Okay, that's great. But God doesn't just stop there. This is not what this is about. Because we find it in our word that it's not just enough to train the physical body because God searches our heart. So there's a balance that has to take place too. It's, it's, it's nice that you hit the, the grid, you hit the iron, you get your supplements, you drink all your water, you have that down pat. But what's that soul like? Are those muscles as strong as the muscles that we see, right? Because we, we can see when the person is undisciplined in their diet, when they're undisciplined in their behavior. We can see that. But for the person who appears in body and stature, like you have it all together, there is still a soul work that needs to be done. There is still training that needs to be done as well. God searches the heart. So that doesn't mean he expects, so that means that he expects his children to follow his commandments for self-care. He expects you to follow the commandments for self-care for your mind, for your heart, and for your body. The other part, is that our dietary guidelines are outlined in Leviticus 11. Now, here's the problem. The enemy knows more about our diet than we do. The food companies and those who use deception know more about food and fake food than we do. They know more about what God forbade us to eat than we do. Being a CEO of your health means that you know. It means that you care. It means that you have evaluated what it is that you're going to take in. You have considered the cost. Our Bible talks about that as well. Being a CEO in your health means that you do, you will do whatever it takes to bring this part of your life under God's submission. We believe that God can do everything else for us except get us off that coffee with all that sugar. God can do everything else for us except stop putting all that cheese and lemon pepper on everything we eat. God can do anything else for us except take the desire for bottom feeders from us. Take the desire for bottom feeders that we have called delicacies from us, right? So here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. But that plan includes your energy and it includes your physical capacity. You have to be able to move when and where God says to move. And a lot of us, we can't because we've become prisoners of our own bodies or we're dealing with the consequences of our choices. We feel defeated. We feel depressed. We feel self-conscious. We feel all of these things and we've created body positivity. I know that, but I've been coaching for a little while now, and I've been working with my husband and I've been doing this and I've had an opportunity to have some intimate conversations with you guys and you are not happy when you are not running this part of your life in the way that God said that we should be running it, right? Well, God has a plan for your heart as well. And in the word, it says above all else, guard your heart 
for it is a wellspring of life. That's in Proverbs 4 and 23. Above all else, guard your heart for it is a wellspring of life. I won't spend too much time here. But for those of you who haven't read Proverbs, that's reading by King Solomon. King Solomon was the wisest, wisest man to live. And in Proverbs, he's leaving you like, man, like, what can I just tell people? People who are going to come behind me, like, what's the top things that I could leave? So just imagine yourself if God, you know, was to give you an opportunity. What are the type of things that you would say to people? I know I would be saying some of these things. Health is wealth. Love your family. Love yourself. Honor God with all your heart. Like, I would be right. Everything. Like, how can I sum this up? So that's what Proverbs literally is. And this King Solomon tells us, above all else, all right, y'all, this is a top priority. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Why? Because your heart is valuable. All of your dreams are there. All of your desires are there. Your passions to live resides there. Your heart is valuable. Why else? Because your heart is the source of everything you do. The word says it right there. It's a wellspring. That's what that means, sisters. It means that your heart overflows into your thoughts. Right? What come out of your mouth? That come from your heart. That's what the word says. You matching energy from your heart. You angry from your heart. You are doing that from your heart. That's where it comes from. Your heart is the source of everything you do, good or bad. Your heart, right? Your heart overflows into your thoughts. It overflows into your words and it overflows into your actions. A negative well equals a negative life, y'all. It does. An unhealthy unhealthy heart threatens your family. It threatens your friends. It threatens your ministry, your career, your legacy. It threatens everything. And the last reason you should guard your heart, you guys, if all of those reasons weren't convincing enough, is because your heart is under constant attack. Life is a war, y'all. It's not just happening in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia. Life is a war. Life is a war right here. Wherever you're listening to me at, you better have on your full go- your full armor of God. You got your own personal war. You got your own personal storm with it right, right there within close proximity. And you're fighting that. And then you're fighting an outer layer of the war, which is our circumstances, which is the world, which is us trying to be in the world, but not of the world. And then you got global stuff going on. Your heart is under constant attack. And we have to realize that the enemy is bent on destruction against us. Not going to stop. You know, when I ask a Christian how they're doing, and this is not fake positivity. I've said this in another podcast episode. Stop bringing worldly principles into, into, into God's work. When I ask you how you doing, sister, speak it. Blessed and highly favored. Practice something, get you something that you start speaking over yourself, right? Get you something because that, if it ain't one thing, then it's another. You welcome in the next thing, sis. 
your words are powerful. What's coming from your heart is defeat. You speak defeat. You live in defeat. You walk in defeat. You expect defeat. You're a walking, living testimony of defeat. Jesus, this is not in my outline. Your heart is under constant attack. You can expect the enemy to be bent on destruction against you. But you can expect to be destroyed, to be consumed, to be defeated, to be downtrodden, to be depressed when the enemy does what the enemy going to do anyway. And you ain't at guard. You're not guarding your heart. What are you guarding your heart with? You don't even know what you should be guarding your heart from. You didn't even know you were in a war. You just thought it ain't one thing, it's another. No. It's a war. This is a spiritual war. It's spiritual warfare happening all around you, whether you got your gear on or not. I'm just trying to get you in the fight because we could use more soldiers. And it's the last thing I will share with you. I was looking at a, a report from the New York Times. And it stated that members of the clergy suffer from obesity, hypertension, and depression at rates higher than most Americans. In the last decade, their use of antidepressants has risen while their life expectancy has fallen. And many would change jobs if they could. Listen, y'all pastors are particularly uh, the most vulnerable right now. Your spiritual leaders. Stop feeding your spiritual leaders garbage. Stop it. Stop it. Don't be an accomplice. If you're not at a point in your life right now where you can make the healthy changes, at least change the atmosphere for other people. Be self-destructive. Don't be collectively destructive. And y'all like I'm like I, my heart is is broke is broken for this because it's like time out cuz I have kids who are afraid of the households that they're in because they're trying to figure out their diets and their parents aren't even trying to figure it out. You have a license to kill, but everybody doesn't want to die. And it's literally that real. Don't bring my husband no cake. (laughs) Don't. And I know we mean well, but let's mean better. Particularly, Concerning the things of God. I know we mean well, but let's try to mean better, particularly concerning the things of God. And so I don't expect this message to be one that maybe you want to share with everybody. It makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. It makes you feel like you've grown exponentially. No, this is a seed. This is a seed of truth. This is a seed of conviction. And let me tell you, this is only for the truth ready right now in this season. This is only for those who have a heart ready for truth in this season. Listen, every season ain't no priming season. Every season ain't the season where people going to be coming in and making you feel warm and fuzzy and, 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 and warming you up. No, it's go time. And for the people whose hearts are prepared right now, like every word that I'm saying, not me, because this ain't none of me. Go back to them first episodes and listen, listen to this. I still pray all the time. God, all right. After I click off this, you won't give me something else again because this your work, not mine. So for those whose hearts are ready to receive truth 
in this season, get ready for exponential growth, exponential change, exponential blessings, exponential wisdom, exponential guidance, exponential healing. Get ready for your partner. Get ready for your vision to become clearer. Get ready for forgiveness. Get ready to let go of that shame and that guilt. Get ready for solutions. Get ready. Get ready. Because you're going to hear. You're going to hear everything. And I want to pray for you. God, I thank you for this, this spirit, Lord, that has fallen on this podcast. I thank you, God, for the scales that have been removed from the eyes of your daughters, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the earplugs that have been removed, God, the AirPods, God, all of the things, Lord Jesus, that we keep in to distract us, God, from you speaking to us in any and everything, God. We even thank you for conviction, God. We thank you for being mature enough to hear the truth and to identify, God, that it is truth. Because when we're able to identify truth, God, that means that we're able to hear you, Lord Jesus. So I thank you for those who are in a season right now, God, at this very moment, Lord Jesus, to hear you, God, to take heed, God, to listen to the word of the prophet, to listen to the word of the prophetess in the name of Jesus, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for that person, God, who had that divine word that's spoken into their life, God, right here in this moment, God. And I thank you for their immediate obedience, God. There is one, Lord Jesus, who is moving in immediate obedience, oh God. They are putting down the attitude, God. They are putting down, Lord Jesus, holding on God to hurt God and past things that have been done to them, God. They are putting down, Lord Jesus, those things that have kept them bound, God. Even that one, Lord Jesus, who's putting down the soda, God. Whatever it is, in whatever way, God, your daughters are trying, God, to show you, Lord Jesus. You said that we have faith the size of a mustard seed. We don't have to have it all together right now, God. We don't have to overhaul our refrigerators right now, God. We don't have to be perfect in all of our ways, God. We just have to show you that we're trying to to think different. We just have to show you, God, that we're trying to behave differently in the name of Jesus, God. And we believe your word, God, for you bless our efforts. For your word says that faith without works is dead, God. But because we're working and because we believe, God, we know that it shall be so. It is in Jesus' name that I pray, God. Don't allow the enemy, God, distraction, God, divisiveness, God, confusion, oh God, to take this word away from your women in the name of Jesus, God. You have made us, God, the nurturers, God. God, you have made us the mothers, God, of this earth and of this world, God. Give us back our rightful power, God, and put us back in our rightful place. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You guys have a wonderful and amazing week. Thank you for joining today's show. Be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts by scrolling down. That's right. Give me five stars and leave me a comment about what you thought about this episode or any of your favorite episodes. You can also help people find this podcast by sharing it. Share, share, share on your social media, on your Insta stories. Be sure to tag me or you can share on your Facebook, Twitter, wherever you feel compelled to share. It does help. Make sure you get connected with our Faith Fitness and Self-Discovery private Facebook community. It's a thousand women in that group doing the work on all different stages of the journey from learning to eat better to actually getting moving and dropping the pounds. The benefits of being in that group is I go live each week. That's right. So if you're loving the podcast episodes, you'll also be able to go live with me, ask questions, and I can interact with you. All of this information will be in the description box especially if you need to move forward with coaching. I would love to schedule your 15-minute discovery call. 
Remember, if you're thinking about becoming well, there is no better time to do it than now. Have a blessed week.